You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Title 42 is held in place once again, Russia refuses to enter talks with Ukraine, and George Santos of New York is being investigated for lying. Here's your national news recap for the week of December 25th. The Supreme Court is ordering Title 42 to be kept in effect for now. The court voted 5-4 to four to grant an emergency request from almost 20 Republican state attorney generals. Title 42 allows border officials to turn away asylum seekers due to COVID concerns. An accused human trafficker is locked up in the Miami-Dade County Jail on $45,000 bond. Prosecutors tell the judge Monrico Clements has a long criminal history. He's got a non-extraditable warrant from Los Angeles. I also see prior failures to appear out of Georgia as well as Maryland. The judge denied Clements's attorney's request that the 31-year-old serve house arrest in his home state of Maryland. Clements was booked Wednesday night after being extradited on felony human trafficking and making money off of prostitution charges. Princeton University student Misraj Iwanute, who died by suicide in October, likely didn't feel any pain, a forensic pathologist told Fox News Digital. The Mercer County Prosecutor's Office revealed Wednesday that the 20-year-old junior took her own life by ingesting a fatal dose of bipropion, escitalopram, and hydroxyzine. These are the kinds of drugs that put you to sleep and go deeper and deeper into a coma, Dr. Michelle Baden told Fox News Digital. They don't cause pain. Bupropion and escitalopram, known by the brand names Wellbutrin and Lexapro, are primarily prescribed for depression, while hydroxyzine is an antihistamine that treats allergies and anxiety. They would have depressed her brain, breathing, and heart function until she lost consciousness and eventually died. Iwanute's body was found on October 20th on campus behind the tennis courts by a university employee six days after she was last seen in her dorm. Her disappearance spurred a massive search by campus security, police, and divers. NASA is considering using a SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule as a backup to get some International Space Station crew members home. A Russian Soyuz capsule docked with the station sprung a coolant leak earlier this month. It was supposed to bring back two cosmonauts and one American astronaut at the beginning of the year. Russia is planning on launching another capsule to the station, but if it can't, NASA could turn to SpaceX. Travel nightmares for Southwest Airlines keep piling up along with thousands of misrooted bags. In Indianapolis, Natalie Miles has waited four days for her bags. My flight got canceled. Every flight was overbooked. I had to fly into Cincinnati. Um, Landed at 1 a.m. in Cincinnati. My luggage was here. Um, Got home at 4 a.m. on Christmas Day. Thousands of unclaimed bags are sitting at baggage claim areas at airports across the U.S. Some passengers are stressed after being separated from not just clothes, but medicine and other important items. 
Southwest says it's finalizing a way to reunite customers with their lost bags and suitcases. Police are searching for a pair of thieves who made off with a quarter of a million dollars in jewelry from a Monmouth County home. The homeowners at a place on West Farms Road in Howell tell News 12 they are offering a $5,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest. There is a video of the burglars taking the jewelry in broad daylight. A suspect rammed a police car on I-90 in Post Falls, Idaho, and shots were fired following a pursuit. Police responded to a report of a suspect in a pickup intentionally hitting vehicles. The driver led police on a pursuit that ended on I-90 when the suspect rammed a patrol car and shots were fired. The pickup was stuck on top of the patrol car's trunk. No officers were injured, and they say no suspects are outstanding. They have not said whether the suspect was shot. Police are investigating a homicide near downtown Baltimore. Police say officers responding to a reported shooting found the victim at Mulberry and North Green Streets shortly after 4 o'clock Thursday afternoon. He was taken to an area hospital where he died. Police learned the victim had been shot during a fight. Detectives say they're looking for a suspect described as a heavyset male. There have been at least 331 homicides in Baltimore so far this year compared to 338 last year. State Representative-elect Kevin Mannix wants to restrict the governor's clemency powers. Governor Kate Brown granted clemency from the death penalty to 17 inmates in Oregon's death row. They will now serve life in prison without the possibility of parole. Mannix is proposing legislation that would require the governor to notify the district attorney and crime victim before an order is entered. A constitutional amendment would change the death penalty to an absolute true-life penalty. It would also require the governor to get approval from the Senate for any clemency decisions for someone convicted of a felony. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your National News. I'm Karina Cologne with the International News. The Kremlin is dismissing the idea of entering talks to end its invasion of Ukraine. Bloomberg reports Russia's foreign minister told state media Thursday that they will not discuss demands that include a withdrawal from occupied lands. This comes as Russia intensified its attack on Ukraine Thursday. Ukrainian officials said Russia launched over 120 missiles during an attack. Ukraine's foreign minister described the barrage as senseless barbarism. Finally, protests have broken out in Bolivia following the arrest of a powerful opposition politician. Luis Fernando Camacho, the right-wing governor of Santa Cruz province, was detained by armed police on Wednesday in an operation that his supporters said resembled a kidnapping. A Bolivian prosecutor said he had requested a six-month pre-trial detention for Mr. Camacho. The governor is one of the most divisive politicians in Bolivia. Prosecutor Omar Melijones said holding him in custody was a precautionary measure. From his power base in Santa Cruz, Mr. Camacho spearheaded the protest which led to the resignation of left-wing former president Evo Morales. He has also challenged the current left-wing government of Luis Arce. The state attorney's office said Mr. Camacho, 43, was arrested as part of an investigation into the events which led to President Morales' departure from office in 2019. An arrest warrant issued in October says he is facing charges of terrorism without giving further details. He was arrested on Wednesday in an operation which has drawn criticism from his followers. The most religious and hardline government in Israel's history has been sworn in. Benjamin Netanyahu returns as prime minister after his Likud party formed a coalition with ultra-naturalist and ultra-Orthodox Jewish allies. There is a domestic and international concern it will inflame the conflict with the Palestinians, damage the judiciary, and restrict minority rights. Mr. Netanyahu has promised to pursue peace and safeguard civil rights. 
addressing a special session of the Kisnet in Jerusalem. He stated that his administration will restore governance, peace, and personal security to the citizens of Israel. I hear the opposition's constant laments about the end of state, the end of democracy. Members of the opposition losing the elections is not the end of democracy. This is the essence of democracy. This is a record sixth term as prime minister for Mr. Netanyahu, who was ousted by his opponents 18 months ago, but his coalition partners are pledging to lead the country in a new direction. European countries remain divided on whether to implement mandatory COVID testing for inbound Chinese passengers. In Berlin, Trent Murray says with infection rates reaching record highs across China, that's causing concerns about the spread of another wave of the virus. The Italian government has announced it will be testing all arrivals from China for COVID-19 and is calling on other European Union countries to also do the same. In Germany, a spokesperson for the health ministry said they are monitoring the situation in China, quote, very, very closely. Meanwhile, in Austria, they say they have no plans to begin testing, instead celebrating the return of Chinese travellers for the coming tourist season. Trent Murray, Berlin. Former Pope Benedict's condition is serious but stable. We've gotten a statement from the Holy See Press Office Director Matteo Bruni, who says the Pope Emeritus was able to rest well last night. In Vatican City, NBC News' Molly Hunter says Benedict is absolutely lucid and vigilant. Pope Francis is renewing his invitation to pray for him in these difficult hours. The 95-year-old Benedict resigned in 2013, becoming the first pope in about 600 years to step down. Pele, one of the greatest soccer players and a transformative figure in the 20th century sports who achieved a level of global celebrity few athletes have known, died on Thursday in Sao Paulo. He was 82. His death was confirmed by his manager, Joe Fraga, who revealed the cause was multiple organ failure, the result of a progression of colon cancer. A national hero in his native Brazil, Pele was beloved around the world, including New York, where he played for the New York Cosmos. A fire that broke out Wednesday night at a casino near the Cambodia-Thailand border has injured more than 50 people, killed several, and many are missing. Military police and rescue teams were deployed to control the blaze. It's not clear what caused it. The casino complex is popular with visitors from Thailand, where gambling is illegal. Cambodian police say the fire was now under control. I'm Karina Colon, and that was your International News Report. This is the local news. I'm Spencer Hammond. New Yorkers are calling on Congress to investigate Congressman-elect George Santos after admitting he embellished his resume. Community members and leaders banded together in front of the Nassau County Courthouse on Thursday, including Democrat Robert Zimmerman, who ran against Santos in New York's 3rd Congressional District. Rally attendees could be seen holding signs that read, Do not reward a liar, and you should repent, not represent. Earlier this week, Santos admitted to lying about his education, employment, and religious background, but says he has no intentions to step away from Congress. A man is dead and his two daughters are in the hospital following a home invasion in Brooklyn. Police are looking for two suspects who they say entered the home on 17th Avenue in Bensonhurst around 6 on Thursday morning. When police arrived, they found a 61-year-old man and his 19- and 22-year-old daughters with stab wounds. Police say the suspects demanded property before stabbing and fled the scene on foot. Authorities are continuing to investigate this incident. A woman from May's Landing is accused of shooting and killing her husband on Christmas Day. Mary Lou Wigglesworth is charged with the murder of David Wigglesworth, according to Atlantic City law enforcement. 
State police say two people are seriously injured following a crash involving a disabled tractor-trailer on the New York State Thruway in Greene County. They say an oversized flatbed truck hauling 197,000 pounds of crane equipment broke down partially in the southbound right lane of I-87 in New Baltimore Wednesday evening. An Escort SUV was behind the truck with its lights on to warn approaching traffic, but a minivan struck the SUV from behind, pinning it between the guardrail and the tractor-trailer. The two people inside the SUV ended up trapped and were eventually taken to Albany Medical Center. The drivers of the flatbed and the minivan were not hurt. New York City is set to receive federal aid for the huge influx of asylum seekers. The New York Post reports the city is being awarded close to $8 million in federal funds. That's a far lower number than the $1 billion Mayor Eric Adams has requested, which is the projected cost for the fiscal year. The city has taken in more than 34,000 migrants that have been bussed from border states since the spring. State Department of Health officials are investigating a possible cluster of Legionnaire's disease in northern New Jersey. The department has been alerted to seven recent cases in Bergen and Passaic counties. The state's health commissioner says out of caution, folks in those counties who have pneumonia-like respiratory symptoms should be immediately evaluated. A New Jersey woman is charged in a $75,000 rent theft scheme in Somerset County. Authorities say Yeska Gonzalez rented out apartments in the Montgomery Township complex she managed, but often pocketed the money in security deposits. Somerset County Prosecutor John McDonald says that the 44-year-old Ewing woman also forged the complex owner's names on leases. The scheme went on for over two years. Gonzalez, who was arrested on Tuesday, is charged with theft by deception and forgery. The cost of auto insurance is going up in New Jersey. Starting January 1st, drivers will have to carry more liability insurance. A new law boosts the minimum to $25,000 up from the previous minimum of 15000 The average settlement for a crash with injuries in New Jersey is eighteen grand. not enough in many cases to pay all the medical bills. The boost in liability coverage will cost an extra 125 bucks a year for as many as 1.2 million drivers. It's going to be a mild but rainy New Year's Eve in the tri-state area. Temperatures are expected to be 50 degrees when the ball drops at midnight, which is definitely mild for a late December night. This warming trend is expected to continue into the start of 2023, with temperatures staying in the 50s and even peaking at 60 degrees next Wednesday. That was the local news, and I am Spencer Hammond. I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. When Dr. Shen Shiang Ho looks at a graph, he sees more than abstract data points. In the dynamic graphs he studies, the computer science researcher sees complex networks that change over time. As an associate professor in the Department of Computer Science in Rhone University's College of Science and Mathematics, Ho has studied and developed machine learning technologies for detecting anomalies in various application domains for nearly 20 years. Previously, Ho developed novel approaches for identifying meaningful anomalies from images containing defects in turbine blades or cancerous cells. With a new grant over $270,000 from the National Science Foundation, he will spend the next three years focusing on developing new approaches for detecting, explaining, and predicting anomalies in dynamic graphs that continuously evolve. One of the most decorated student-athletes ever at Rowan, Christina Castagnola, a midfielder, made history when she was named the Division III Player of the Year by the National Field Hockey Coaches Association. She is the first female and only the second Rowan athlete ever to earn Player of the Year honors. Additionally, Castagnola was named a finalist for the prestigious D3 Honda Athlete of the Year. She's one of 11 finalists from Division III sports across the nation to be considered for the honor. The recipient will be announced in June after voting is conducted among 1,000 membered schools who are part of the Collegiate Women's Sports Awards program. 
Honorees from both Division Three and Division Two are recognized in 11 NCAA-sanctioned sports, including cross-country, basketball, field hockey, golf, lacrosse, soccer, swimming and diving, tennis, volleyball, and track and field. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your professional sports news. Starting in Major League Baseball, the Carlos Correa saga continues during the MLB offseason. Last week, Correa's deal with the San Francisco Giants fell through in the middle of the night, and the New York Mets swooped in, signing him to a 12-year, $315 million contract. However, Correa's status in New York remains a mystery, as they seem to have similar, if not the same, concerns that the Giants had over Correa's physical. An ankle injury that Correa suffered in 2014 may derail his chance at a $300-plus million contract this offseason. But for now, he is a New York Met. Sticking with the MLB, a few more big names have come off the market in free agency. The Texas Rangers have signed former Boston Red Sox starting pitcher Nathan Eovaldi to a two-year $34 million contract as Eovaldi joins a rotation alongside Jacob deGrom in Arlington. And lastly, former Philadelphia Phillies second baseman Gene Segura will take his talents to South Beach, joining the Phillies' NL East rival, the Miami Marlins. Segura's deal with Miami is good for two years, $17 million, as Gene Segura finds his home on December 28th, ending up in Florida. Switching from the MLB to the NFL, let's check in on the league transactions in the National Football League. The Denver Broncos decided to fire recently hired head coach Nathaniel Hackett after a 4-11 start to the season. Recently acquired star quarterback Russell Wilson has been severely underperforming this season, which was a large factor that led to the firing of Hackett before completing one full season as the Broncos head coach. From a firing to a league veteran retiring... Former Houston Texans star defensive end J.J. Watt announced his plans to retire from the league following the Cardinals' final game of the season against San Francisco. In his 11 seasons in the NFL, Watt won three Defensive Player of the Year awards. He was selected to five Pro Bowl games and led the league in sacks two times. Switching from the NFC West back to the AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders recently announced the benching of longtime starting quarterback Derek Carr. With this benching, Derek Carr is benched for Jared Stidham, the backup quarterback, and will likely see no playing time again this season. With just two games remaining, Carr has not only finished his season in a Las Vegas Raiders uniform, but finished his career in a Raiders uniform as a whole. With a busy offseason looming, the Raiders will look to move a healthy Derek Carr, along with many other core pieces. Following this quarterback change, Carr has decided to step away from the team for the remainder of the season regardless to avoid distraction. In what is likely his final season as a Raider, Carr finished with 3,522 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, with a passer rating of 86.3, leaving his trade value sky high. With that being said, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your professional sports news right here on Rowan Radio. 
with your Roan Report business update. Wall Street is closing with stocks lower as investors look to next year. The market is on track for its worst year since 2008. New data released on Wednesday included pending home sales, which dropped by 4% in November on a monthly basis. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 365 points to 32 to 875. The S&P 500 fell by 46 points to 37 to 83, and the Nasdaq dropped 140 points to 10 to 213. The price for auto insurance is increasing in the new year for over 1 million New Jersey drivers. According to NJ.com, a new bill signed by Governor Murphy hikes the minimum amount of liability insurance drivers need to have in the state. The average price increase will be around $125. The new increase goes into effect on January 1, 2023. You have the chance to ring in 2023 as a millionaire. Tyreek Wen has more. On Tuesday, no one won the 565 million Mega Millions jackpot. The jackpot has now risen to $640 million with an estimated cash value of $328 million. It's been about six years since someone in Virginia has won the Mega Millions jackpot, but that doesn't mean there can't be a Virginia winner this time. The next drawing will be held on Friday, December 30th, so you have until then to get your ticket. I'm Tyreek Wynn. Tesla's stock just can't seem to get out of reverse. Shares of the luxury, high-performance electric car company fell 11% Tuesday. Tesla is days away from closing out its worst month, quarter, and year on record, including a 44% decline just this month alone. Tuesday's drop came after the Wall Street Journal reported the company will continue a week-long shutdown of its plant in Shanghai as it faces a fresh onslaught of COVID cases among its Chinese workforce. Tesla stock is down 69% this year and off 73% since its record high in November of 2021. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. The Texas man accused of killing rapper Takeoff will likely stay locked up until trial. A judge in Houston is refusing to lower the bond for Patrick Clark. It remains at $1 million, and his attorneys say he does not have the cash to cover it. The arrest warrant shows there was a large group of people outside of a Houston bowling alley when the shooting took place. Some were playing a dice game, and there was an argument involving fellow Migos rapper Quavo. Clark is seen on video pulling out a gun while holding a wine bottle in the other hand. Takeoff, whose real name is Kershkin Ball, appears to be an innocent bystander. Lawyers are getting ready for the trial of Atlanta rapper Young Thug. Jury selection is set to begin next month for Jeffrey Williams, who goes by the name Young Thug. He's facing RICO charges in Fulton County for his alleged role as a leader in the Young Slime Life, or YSL, street gang. Earlier this week, lawyers prepared for the trial, questioning potential expert witnesses. The trial starts January 5th. Tory Lana's family and friends are coming together to help him avoid prison time. Soon after Lana's was convicted for shooting Megan Thee Stallion, they started an online petition called The Appeal Tory Lana's Verdict. So far, 19,000 people have signed. The petition claims Lana's trial was a circus of speculation, insufficient evidence, inconsistencies, and drunken memories that left us without much moral certainty of any truth. A Los Angeles jury said Lana's is guilty of shooting Meg in her feet. The 30-year-old was convicted of assault with a semi-automatic firearm and several other crimes. He faces over 20 years in prison. 
Kim Kardashian is opening up about co-parenting with her ex-husband, Kanye West. During a discussion with Angie Martinez on the IRL podcast, the reality star broke down in tears after saying co-parenting was really hard. She also talked about protecting her kids from the outside world, saying she tries to shield them from the things that are said in the media. Kardashian's interview comes three weeks after a source shared insight into her co-parenting relationship with Yee. The source says she tries to include him on every important event of their lives, despite everything that's going on. West and Kardashian have four children together. Comedian Bill Cosby says he plans to hit the road next year. In an interview with WGH Talk Wednesday, the 85-year-old told host Scott Spears he plans on touring next year because there's so much fun to be had in this storytelling thing I do. A representative for the comedian confirmed to Variety that a tour is being looked at for the spring or summer. A new sexual assault lawsuit in New York from five women was filed against Crosby earlier this month. He was released from prison last year after a 2018 criminal sex assault conviction was overturned by Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Taylor Swift's Midnight's album is breaking a vinyl sales record. It's the first to sell more records than CDs since 1987. Midnight's is also the highest-selling vinyl of the 21st century. It's estimated that 5.5 million vinyl LPs will be sold by the end of the year, which marks 15 years of consecutive sales growth. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.